everybody, and welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. My name is Steve, and I am joined today by Barry. Hey, Barry. Hey, Steve. Always happy to be here. I'm so excited uh, about uh, another episode of the podcast. And uh, yeah, we're we're trying something new. Um, as you can see here on uh, on YouTube, they they took away our, our Google Hangouts, and so uh, we, had to, we had to try something new. So um, bear with us tonight if it uh, kind of gets a little wonky here and there. I'm, I'm going to try and to do some new things and and everything. But uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today for episode 180. Uh, this podcast uh, has been going on for quite a while. We're going to be celebrating a big anniversary uh, in, in just a couple podcasts, but. Uh, for episode 180, we've entitled it Happy 30th Game Boy, because uh, we just recently celebrated the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. Um, but if you are new to the Nintendo Fuse podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe, hit that bell on uh, on YouTube. We want to make sure that you guys get alerted every time we post a new video, every time we go live, uh, things like that. Um, but we also want to make sure that you, sub- uh, this, you share this with other Nintendo fans out there. So if you know someone else that loves Nintendo, uh, make sure you do share it with them. Um, unfortunately, Greg is uh, not joining us right now. Uh, he may jump in a little later, um, and uh, and we'll we'll try to see if we can make that work out and everything with our new setup. Um, but uh, yeah, you can even see like our, our title up here and we've got our Twitter handles down at the bottom and everything. So I'll, I'll take those away right now and make sure I know what I'm doing. Oh, oh, oh wrong, wrong button. I knew I was going to mess that up at some point. There we go. Okay, now it's just us. So, <laughs> so uh, Greg ha- or Barry, oh man, I am just all messed up today. I'm it's it's time to just turn it over to you, and uh, I'm I'm looking for what have you been playing lately? Because uh, <laughs> clearly I need to take a breather as you just tell me what you've been playing. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like you might need a breather. No, um, so I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of my usual stuff. I'm still. Still hanging in there on Pokemon Go, but it's it's so. They did one thing I was really happy about. They added more Pokemon space, but uh, oh, it's it's still just more more or less a chore. Uh, but Dragalia, um, been awesome, been uh, having fun. But there's been a little controversy uh, regarding regarding it in a, in a sense, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but uh, still having a blast doing the summer event right now. Uh, 14 is still awesome. Uh, Shadowbringers is an amazing game, and everyone needs to play that game. Uh, still having fun running content. And uh, on the Switch, uh, I've been playing a little bit more Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I got uh, quite a ways past where I was, but not as much as I would have liked to have played. But I did actually pop back in Smash Brothers because the hero came out. So I got to mess around with him. I got to do the uh, classic mode. I got to uh, toy around with uh, with uh, training and figure him out. And like a lot of people calling him, you know, OP. But I enjoy him. I enjoy what I've what I've played with him so far. Cool. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I haven't played a whole lot this this last. Oh, go ahead. Actually, I was gonna say one other thing. I did actually play a brand new game. Uh, and I wanted to mention this. Uh, Nintendo, surprisingly, or, or I guess Nintendo affiliate, surprisingly launched a new mobile game hmm. uh, out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to play this. I did play this, which is the uh, Pokemon Rumble uh, Rush, I think it is, or it's a brand new Pokemon Rumble game. And it came out of nowhere. Now, I haven't played the other ones. Uh, yeah, Pokemon Rumble Rush. I was like, I, I have World. I have uh, the, the other one for for 3ds and i'm like yeah you know whatever it's free and it actually does an interesting thing 
which I like. It is a free-to-play that does not limit you with stamina. You can keep playing this as much as you want for free, which hmm. I like. I think that's a really cool thing. It limits you on uh, minerals you get. At the end of a, a stage, you might find some minerals. It takes you know 30 minutes to unlock a mineral, an hour, two hours, etc., depending on the mineral. And what you get is, is kind of random. Okay, I get that. That's not a bad system. But then I found the bad system. As I started up, it's like, here's the next boss. You need a, a Pokemon with a CP of 200. Okay, well, I got a 200. Boom. And it's random what you get when you catch Pokemon. It'll be a random CP between whatever your level is. So between 300 and 500. Okay, fine. Um, and there's different grades, one, one to four stars. Um, but it, you can just keep catching them. It's no big deal. And then suddenly you find around stage 10 or 11 of this new timed event that they're doing. It's like, you need a Pokemon of CP 1000 okay but your range only goes up to 700 at this point well how the heck do i go from 700 to 1000 well you need those minerals those minerals can power up gears permanently power up gears so say you have a fire pokemon you could equip it with two fire gears and you could power them up each gear gives 50 extra cp so you power them up a couple times and now you gain a permanent 300 cp on your 700 pokemon cool i can tackle this boss well the next boss requires you to have 1300 but your range only goes up to like 800 now so and it's a completely different element so now hmm. you need to farm new minerals new to, to power up your gear which also takes money increasing money and as i started to realize this system i'm like oh this isn't so bad because it's permanent upgrades but then i realized that these gears aren't stopping at five or six or level seven they're probably going to go up to level 50 and it's going to take you like like right now i spent three days trying to farm enough minerals to get to like the 16th boss out of 20 and i'm like you know what I'm still not strong enough. I still lose the battle. It's, I'm, I need to farm. I, I'm done. Like, that's it. So it was a two-week little thing I did. Um, I do recommend, if, if this sounds like your cup of tea, you don't mind grinding the extra thing. It is free. There is microtransactions. There's almost no need to do the microtransactions. So if you don't mind playing elongated grind thing for free, um, it, it's definitely worth t- checking out. But yeah, it's a random Pokemon game that just came out of nowhere with no fanfare. It was just like, hi, this is now on the, the iStore. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if you even took a look at it. I, I didn't even hear about it, actually. Um, so this this is the first that I'm hearing about it. So I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, being free, you know, what's there to lose? Except for maybe a little oh. time. So It's fun at the start. And, and you know what? Again, if you want to get, like, the my big hurdle thing is, like, this is Zapdos Island right now, which is a timed thing. And I think it ends in, like, two days. And uh, the Pokemon are adorable and all that stuff. But I'm like, I'm like I want to catch Zapdos. I want to catch Zapdos. And then once I realized, in order for me to catch Zapdos, at this point, I'd probably have to pay money because the money gives you tickets and the tickets uh, speed up minerals. You could you could take out multiple minerals at a time because you can only hold six. Um, so it's like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but this might be your cup of tea if you don't care about like limited time things and you can just play casually. Um, this might be a great game for you. And again, it's free. It's worth checking out for sure. I did have fun with it. Don't cool. get me wrong. Cool. Well, um, yeah, if, if you're listening live, watching live, uh, be sure to throw um, your what you've been playing 
recently in the chat room as well. We'd love to hear what you've been playing. Um, I have been uh, playing not a whole lot. Um, I've been traveling, doing some different uh, stuff recently, so I haven't been able to play uh, Switch as much. Um, I have continued on Dr. Mario World. I think I'm up to like level 102 or something like that right now. Um, Got stuck on a couple levels uh, along the way and like really struggled through them. Finally had to use the the extra tools um, to make it past a couple of them. And finally, I think it was level 99 when I finally had to actually um, use my... uh, gems um to keep on going and uh pass it because i'd played it for i don't know like 10 15 times and just wasn't having any any good luck um i get down to like one capsule left or something like that and like oh i gotta you know get it you know uh completed and i wasn't able to uh to finish it on my own so i had to to use the the crystals or gems or whatever they're called um but uh yeah continue that um it's it's been fun to just play casually they keep giving me more and more hearts like all the time and so there's been no even desire to spend money on this game yet because they just keep giving me free stuff and so um when i finally do run out of hearts i just like you know what hey it's time to put it down and move on to something else and then i'll come back after a a few hours and uh and you know try it again at some point um continue to play rocket league of course uh go ahead and, and completed all the rocket pass stuff and so um yeah i'm i'm pretty sure i didn't miss any of the the weeks within the rocket pass and completed almost all the the challenges there and i think i'm up to finally level over um over 200 i think now um so there was like just a couple months ago that i had you know gotten up to like 135 or something now so like I'm up to 200 now, um, and and have way 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 too many hours spent on it, but not nearly as many as like the professional players out there. So, uh, so I, I've got far to go before uh, before I start. Um, you know, competing with them at all, but it's still been fun, and um, yeah, just kind of earning a bunch of cool stuff with all the the radical summer stuff they have going on right now. Um, I have not gotten back into um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, unfortunately, um, because I, I've been away from uh, home and been away from internet along uh, a lot of the time, and so I haven't been able to to get in there. And so, unfortunately, Barry and I have not got a chance to play online yet, um, but we're gonna have to make sure we do that sometime soon. And, um, yeah, I have not got any chance with, with Smash Brothers either. I, I really want to try out Hero and everything, um, but, again, I've just been away from my Switch, away from the Internet. So um, I may be doing that after after we get on tonight. So. Yeah, so uh, we got a bunch of people in the, in the chat. Uh, just going to say hi to you guys. Roth, uh, Dave uh jakesters there um i think that's all that's been talking so far but uh be sure to be able to, you know throw uh your thoughts about any of the stuff we talk about live we'd love to to hear what you guys have been uh playing and and everything uh jakester says he's been streaming lego batman 2 and uh doing a bunch of art and uh, yeah, if you have not joined our, our uh, Discord server, you can see a bunch of Jakester's art in there. Uh, we also got another guy. I'm blanking on his name right now. Do you remember his name? Uh, he's been throwing a bunch of Game Boy stuff uh, uh, templates yeah. in there. Yeah, the, the Wolf Bunny. We'll, I figure we'll talk Bunny, about yeah. them when uh, when we talk about the Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, and then Roth says he's been playing on uh, Dauntless as of late and trying to finish up indie horror uh Kalina, I'm sorry, I'm just having a hard time seeing my screen right now. Uh, Legacy and a bit of uh, Garfield Cart and Twitch Sings. So, wow, he's been trying out a bunch of different stuff. And uh, 
I guess Roth, uh, Roth's saying it's a generic kart racer. So interesting. I've never seen that um, before. And uh, Dave's been playing Rage 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, and UA3. Cool. So, um, yeah, again, if you have not joined us on, on Discord, be sure you do that. Uh, make sure you you know follow us on social media. That's another way to kind of engage in the conversation between our episodes uh, of the podcast. Um, but let's, let's jump into our main discussion for tonight, and that is the birthday of the Game Boy. The Nintendo Game Boy came out on July 31st, 1989 in the United States, so uh, just over 30 years ago. And uh, wow, I don't know about you, Barry, that that makes me feel old. <laughs> Very old. <laughs> Very old. And uh, so so what I want to know is, Barry, do you, do you have your Game Boy handy? Or is it like all in your like case and everything? Uh, my Game Boy is actually buried back, right back here. Buried back my there. Original game, my I, original I pulled game mine back. out because I, ha- I have my case, my my original uh, case that uh, my parents got me. Um, I think soon after I got the Game Boy, and it has all my my stuff in there and uh, my Game Boy, and uh, I forgot because I haven't seen it in a while, and I forgot that I had uh, I had gotten an additional screen that, uh, that you could peel off the original one, and so that's what my Game Boy looks like right now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I also think I, I think I had one of those big um, I forget what they're called. The thing you attach to it has a screen and the and the the speakers and all this I think stuff. It's a handy game, yeah, handy game or handy boy or something like that. And so I think the the Velcro on the back of that uh, is because of something that attached to it. I think that's where why I have that on there. I'm not really sure, but it's over. Other than that, it's still really in good shape. I do have. I do have my original screen, so I may may pop it back on there at some point. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was into you know customizing things at that point because you know why not make sure it you know looks like my own Game Boy. Um, you know, like I we talked about it at the last podcast. I I usually get the dark colored things. I get the gray ones or the black ones or whatever. Um, but at, at age six, um, I did not care about that, and I wanted mine to be flashy. And uh, I like sports, so. There are people playing basketball and hockey and baseball on my Game Boy now, so uh, <laughs> so I, I know you you have a, a Game Boy for sure. You probably have multiple copies of them because of all your collection and everything. But uh, how how did you originally get your Game Boy, there, Barry? <coughs> what's, what's the original story there? Uh, mine. All right. As a kid, my mother was very much. Not against video games, but pro education. And while I grew up, I had you know the Atari 400 and 800 8-bit computers. I had the Commodore 64 128. All I wanted was a Nintendo. And my mother was just like, "Oh, get in the principal's list, and I'll give you a Nintendo, but I want you to you know do well in school." And of course, I couldn't shut up. So my grades were decent. I was getting B's in elementary school, but you could also get in the principal's list by being a good student and by not talking and. I couldn't not talk. I would talk with whoever I was next to. Go figure. So I I couldn't get a Nintendo from my parents. I couldn't get a Game Boy from my parents. Uh, so I was able to get baseball cards because that was baseball is very big in my family. So I was like I was collecting baseball cards. But all I wanted was a Game Boy. <laughs> uh, and a neighbor of mine, like down the street, a friend of mine from from elementary school, he had a Game Boy, and he didn't really play it that much. But he wanted baseball cards. 
and I had the, the set of 10 Griffey cards that were came with a, a special baseball program at the time for the PC. And he loved Ken Griffey Jr. And this is dating us because, you know, he's no longer playing. But it was like, oh, he loved Ken Griffey Jr. I'm like, well, I've got these 10 cards. So he's like, I'll take those 10 cards because these were special cards for the Game Boy uh, and like four games. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll make this trade. Like, I have no idea what those cards are worth at all right now, but I didn't care. I'm like, I want this Game Boy. And I got uh, Tetris, of course, Super Mario Land, which I was already happy with. And then the other two games, one was um, uh, Go-Go Tank, which is a very unique title, and I never see people talking about it. And the last one was by far the hardest for me. I didn't like it at first, but when you're a kid and you only have four games – even the hardest games you have to go back to. Like, that's it. Like, there's no, I'm just going to play a different game. I was going to play through it. And that was Gargoyle's Quest. Mm. And I absolutely adore that series. I love Gargoyle's Quest 1 and 2 and Demon's Crest. But at first I hated it. But I forced myself to get good at it. And that's all I had to play for the longest time with those four games. Uh, and I'll always cherish my Game Boy. And like like you, you know, I didn't, I didn't peel off or have any stickers like that. But... I remember it was something like a, a serial promotion that gave you these little stickers that said, like, you could put on the back of your Game Boy game, like, so-and-so is good at this game. And I would, <laughs> like, like, my dad was good at Tetris. I'd write my dad, and I'd put it on the back yeah. of my Tetris card. <laughs> and then, like, uh, the Game game Genie that came with it had, like, little stickers with the codes. So uh-huh. I'd put that on the back of my game. So when I stuck it in, I knew what codes to put in. <laughs> like, I didn't care about, like, keeping them pristine at all. I just wanted functionality. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I absolutely loved my Game Boy. And I, I still, to this day, I think think it's an amazing system that's awesome that's awesome i'm gonna see if i can uh to add in uh barry or uh, to add in greg here um i don't exactly know uh how, how this is gonna work so uh bear with us for a while um and uh and again if you if you have some some game boy uh, memories there throw them in the chat as well um we would love to uh to see you uh, to see what your your memories and, and thoughts and everything about about the Game Boy are. Um, actually, Barry, as I'm trying to figure this out, how about you uh, go ahead and tell um, our audience listeners and everything um, what the Wolf Bunny has actually been doing in our Discord. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, so uh, Wolf Bunny is now actually now in the chat. So welcome, Wolf Bunny. Um, so this is really cool. Uh, for those of you that know uh, the Super Game Boy that came out for the Super Nintendo, uh, one of the unique things it did was play games in color. And for the specialized games uh, that did play in color, it was no big deal. But for everything else, you can pseudo-color it by using uh, templates, using uh, you know four, four color palettes in, the, in this template. And they were pretty basic. Um, they weren't like, oh my god, my game's now in color. Um, but it, it definitely aided to it it definitely made it look better um and i like that i like the the ability to do that um but what's cool is wolf bunny uh which if you go to our discord i encourage you to look in uh, wolf bunny has created a bunch of template palettes that are usable in emulation or usable for your own you know homebrew stuff and what i love about the templates because i think there's 64 of them like the wolf bunny you went crazy on this but what i love about it is that he didn't just take like standard colors. He themed everyone off of something else. Uh, and some like products like Coca-Cola or Mountain Dew, which is kind of interesting. Um, but for me, the thing that really like 
tickled me was that he chose other game systems like the Neo Geo Pocket, the Wonder Swan, the Game Master, the Mega Duck, the Dreamcast, you know, the Gamate, uh, like, like Microvision is there, like so many different uh, systems and, and games. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, he has a thing for, and, and you know. And he's got like Android and, and Ticketmaster and just random color uh, uh, themes. And it's just really neat. Um, so I do encourage you to go to um, our Discord and definitely check out uh, Wolf Bunny. It's on DeviantArt. Uh, look up the Wolf Bunny. Uh, check out the Powets there because they are awesome. And I'd like to thank Wolf Bunny for, for showing this off in our Discord because I think it's really cool and a great way to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Game Boy. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Greg, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? <laughs> good, good. Glad I can uh, – we figured out how to get you on there and, and everybody's seeing you. They're saying hi, Greg, in the, in the chat. So it's all working. It's all working. So, awesome. um, so I'm about to open the chat myself just so I can be more talkative with everybody. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Wolf Bunny, for all you've done there. Um, yeah, and d- definitely give him some love there on uh, DeviantArt as well, um, and in our in our Discord server. Um, looks like um, what else? Uh, Roth said his first Game Boy game that he played was Kirby's Dream Land, and he loved it. Um, my first uh, game was, uh, of course, uh, Tetris. Um, and I was actually thinking, trying to think, like when I got my my first Game Boy, and I know that it was. After 1989, because I remember um, that I got two of, the, or that my family got two, because my sister also got one, but she's like five years younger than me, and so I know that she didn't get one at age of two. Um, so I, I got it later than when it came out, but I can't remember exactly when. But I did remember getting the, the Tetris version and uh, um, the box set and everything with Tetris, and uh, yeah, I played that so much. I had the link cable between my sister and I, and my my parents and everything um and i do remember one of the the other things i remember is going to school so i got it for christmas i know for sure because i remember having a show and tell day at at school like back when we went back in in january and i remember bringing my game boy to school uh for show and tell and i remember a, a friend of mine had a game gear um and he got it and i was like that's really cool it's actually it's at you know first glance it looks cooler than the game boy and i was like oh it does have color and that sort of thing but then i realized that it had a battery of life of like a half an hour and so i was like hey like hey my game boy is gonna last like days so uh that's awesome and and you pop you know your your four batteries in there um i was actually (laughs) checking earlier i was like i hope i still don't have batteries in there because it's probably not good right now um but that's why it's a little lighter right now because i don't have batteries um but that thing lasted forever and it was it was so cool to to have uh greg what's what's some memories of your game boy that you got i'm assuming you got one yes but not the classic one that everybody knows and loves like the standard gray one my first one was unfortunately a game boy pocket it was a green one so yeah that was my first one um it came about as like my um cousins had some and then me and my brother had really wanted a Game Boy, and then my mom ended up having to get us each one, and so then we each got a Game Boy Pocket. Um, yeah, so I got the green one. I think he got the... I think it was like that clear one where you can like see through it, unless that was a color. I don't remember exactly if they had that one in the original, black and white, or green and black. <laughs> green and black, yeah. Whatever colors you want to identify with it. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, I can't remember if there was a see-through in Barry. Do you remember if there was a see-through? Yeah, Game there was Boy? a see-through. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, for okay, so that's probably the one that he had. Part of the play um, allowed. Ah, uh, right. Nice. I wish I could remember my first game, but I don't know exactly which one it was because obviously it was in the middle of the Game Boy's life cycle. So I do have plenty of memories playing Tetris Plus as that was the Tetris one that I got onto. Tetris Plus, like right there. (laughs) (laughs) I just pulled that one out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my brother would use that course creator and actually like make like custom levels for each other. And then we would like pass our cartridges back and forth and be like hey beat my level and then i'd have to beat his level and like so i like did this like 10 level challenge where we we're just playing back and forth which was really fun to do um mario maker before mario maker see <laughs> there you go. exactly it was pretty cool guiding that little guy like down to the bottom and like not squishing him and like it was i really loved that about the tetris game like the tetris plus game mm-hmm. that was a cool aspect to it um, I definitely did have like the arcade hits like the Galaga and Galaxian. Um, I think I did have a copy of Defender, but I, don't, I didn't really play it. Nice, nice. Um, Barry, you know how a couple of uh, podcasts ago I was talking about uh, Final Fantasy Adventure? Uh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So that's, uh, that's the one I, the uh, I, traded, uh, I traded something for it, and I don't remember how I got it, but I got it, and I have a lot Such of hours in the game. game. Yeah, and the original Pokemon that was that I, I need to boot this up sometime and and that's I, I would love to get my original team over like that's They're what I was asking like, I was like can I lead that to that to that to that eventually connect the them all batteries that. probably dead you know you would think so but I've played the original my original Zelda uh, cartridges for NES and they still are are holding up so who knows that may be okay. Um, the game that I play, I remember playing so much was Super Mario Land 2. Like I played Super Mario Land, uh, the first one, a lot, but I put so many hours into Super Mario Land 2. Um, other than like the games we talked about, what are what are some of your favorite games from uh, from the Game Boy era? Like what what uh, occupied most of your time? What do you think? What do you think, Barry? Um, well, obviously, Link's Awakening is my number one Game Boy game ever. Um, that that game is just phenomenal. Uh, Gargoyle's Quest, like I mentioned, is another one. Uh, I love the Kirby games, all five. But my favorite, honestly, as great as the Dreamland games were, a Star Stacker. <laughs> no one talks about that game. I, I you know, like, people played Tetris like I played Star Stacker. <laughs> I don't know. I just found it to be a better puzzle game. Uh, so good that like when I found that there was a Super Nintendo version that was only released in Japan, I actually got the ROM, found out how to translate to English, and played it. Uh, it was just such a good game. Nice. Uh, like, I was trying to think. Like Final Fantasy Adventure, like you said, was is amazing. I, Final Fantasy Legend games were okay. Uh, they weren't like set the world on fire. Uh, the Castlevania games were great. The Mega Man games I really enjoyed. Mega Man Five, especially on the Game Boy, mm-hmm. is 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 a, a spectacular game and it's a sad, a sad thing that they never reference those robot masters anymore and that tango the cat has not been shown off again uh, but yeah those are probably among the top you know mario and, and metroid 2 were, were always always great but mm-hmm. everyone's gonna say those yeah 
Yeah. Actually, one of my favorite games uh, that I played was one of my sisters. And now that I'm thinking about it, I need to see if she still has her Game Boy at some point because I want to get those games from her. Because I played a bunch of Yoshi um, on the Game Boy, and it was technically her game. Um, so I need, to, I need to grab it from her at some point if she still has it. <laughs> Remember me, it's, it's buried somewhere in my parents' house, maybe. Uh, Greg, other than the, the games you mentioned so far, uh, what else do you remember playing most of on Game Boy? Oh, most definitely Link's Awakening. I'm with Barry on that one. That one's such a great game. I remember like trying to go through the dungeon and like the battery light is like blinking and then I like frantically trying to change it so I don't like lose my progress and like my moments of fame is not having it actually power off and like it stayed on like for me to change the batteries and resume playing and beat the dungeon and then I still remember like holding on some printed like guide sheets like get me through like one of the dungeons because I was like really really stuck I had to resort to like try to find something to beat it but um, other than that, it was pretty much more the arcade-style games, like Galaga, Galaxian, um, that I played quite a lot. I actually didn't have a Mario game on the Game Boy until, like, the um, Game Boy Color. Mm. So, yeah. I did play um, Samus uh, Metroid uh, 2 or whatever. That was a really great game. But that was more after I'd gotten Super Metroid. I'd kind of gotten that one more after the fact. Mm. But that's cool. Yeah. See, I didn't have a Super Nintendo at the time. So while everyone else was playing like Donkey Kong Country and stuff, I actually was playing Donkey Kong Lands. Mm. Uh, and no one talks about the land games. And I absolutely adored them, especially when you don't have a Super Nintendo and all your friends are like, oh, Donkey Kong Country 2 is so great. You know, like, oh, it's like, oh, well, I'm still playing Donkey Kong Land 1 where pigs fly, you know? Donkey Kong uh, Land 2. And, and I love Donkey Kong Land 2 so much that I actually wrote out, and I would never have the patience to do this again, I actually wrote out a guide to 100% that game. I wrote it out on WordPerfect, and I think I printed it out on a dot matrix printer. Uh, I have no idea where that guide is anymore, but I, I painfully play through, go here, jump here, like word for word, how to do every single level, get every Kong and of that game. That's how much I enjoyed that game. Because uh, everyone else is playing the Super Nintendo, and like they're like, "Oh, we're on Donkey Kong Country 3. I'm like, "Well, I'm still on Land Two, so I gotta play it." <laughs> Man, if you find that, we need to re-release it on a Nintendo Fuse. Yeah, exclusive. Yeah, exclusive guide. That thing is gone. Like, I can tell you right now, on that side of the basement is where I exactly I wrote it, and I actually wrote it on a. It might have been a, the Commodore, like using WordPerfect, like a ridiculous thing, or it was an early, early uh, DOS computer. But it would be over there, and it's definitely not over there yeah. anymore. So it's it's been gone, and that file's <laughs> been lost. I would love to find it, but yeah. I, it's never happening. That's, That's awesome. All <laughs> yeah, I actually got Donkey Kong Land because of my experience with Donkey Kong Country and everything, but uh, and realized it was it was a subpar game, but it was still really good. Um, it was it just didn't measure up because I had such high expectations from Donkey Kong Country, but if you didn't have those expectations, uh, they, they were fantastic games. So, uh, I actually I, enjoyed it better. I, I, because, did you really? Again, yeah. yeah, I like thought, you I thought what they did. Yeah. I thought what they did with the Game Boy was incredible mm-hmm. and how they changed up. Like, Donkey Kong Country, uh, Land 2 and Land 3 are very similar, if not, like, port versions, kind of, of Country 2 and yeah. Country 3. But Donkey Kong Land 1 is a whole new game. Like, it is a completely brand new, different game. Um, mm. New levels, new enemies, new everything, new story. Okay. I think I've only played 2 because that's the only one I owned. But 
interesting. Um, actually, we had, uh, the Space Invaders was one of the ones that I played a lot. That was I, I like Space Invaders a lot, but I, I really liked it because it had a special thing for a Super, a super Game Boy that uh, was one of the few games that actually gave you like a, a different game when you played it on the Super Game Boy, and that was that was a lot of fun to kind of bring your Game Boy games to your TV was was so awesome. Um, did you guys play uh, on the Super Game Boy at all? Of course. Yeah. I think I... No, I don't think I had the Super Game Boy. I think I had the one for GameCube. Uh, okay, yeah. Game Boy which, Player. Which is cool as well. But, uh, yeah, the Super Game Boy, I think uh, that was such an awesome thing when it came out. It was just like, really? I can play these games on my TV? That's incredible. Um, nowadays, we just pop the Switch you know, in and out of the dock. But... Back then, back back in my day, you had to actually have a separate cartridge to go on your Super Nintendo. Um, yeah, I also played Quicks a lot. Do you guys yes. remember Quicks? Quicks is an amazing oh, game. Such a simple but challenging game that just kept me going back for more. Uh, yeah, I played I that so a lot with my dad. That the Game Boy. That that was one of those I loved on the Atari 8-bit computer. And when I found that it was in Game Boy, I'm like, oh my god, yes, I gotta get this. Yeah, for sure. So I know I played a lot of. Uh, James Bond was that a Game Boy Advance or was that original Game Boy? That I think was Game Boy Advance. Mm, James. Okay. Mm, yeah. James so. Well, you want to know James James Bond or James Pond? Bond as in B. Bond. Oh, that <laughs> like was 007. James Bond 007 was Game Boy uh, Golden Eye, I believe, was Game Boy Color. Or Wait. no, it was Perfect Dark was Game Boy Color. I think the James Bond 007 was an original Game Boy. They had Golden Eye on Game Boy Color. No, that was James Bond. Uh, they had Perfect Dark on Game Boy Color. Well, either way. Really? That must yeah. have been horrible. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, was like it a, a side-scroller? No, oh, it was a top-down. Top down. Okay. Perfect Dark was a top-down. It had, like, the rumble pack. James uh, Bond okay. 007, I think, was put out around the same time as GoldenEye, though. But it was a it was a different style game. Okay. Yeah. I remember playing that one a lot, too. Yeah, I probably wasn't I was until... Like, I'm like, was that on the Advance, or was it original? Like, yeah, they had a couple... Maybe Game Boy Color, even? I don't know. They had a couple of shooters on GBA, but I think it wasn't until DS when they first started trying to port those over a little more. So, but I was I would be surprised if they, if they had it on Game Interesting. Boy. Interesting, Steve. You mentioned how you went to school and someone else had a Game Boy, a Game Gear, and you were like, "Oh wow, that's yeah. cool!" Until you realized the battery life. When I was in school, elementary school, I put together a handheld club because, as a kid especially before the Game Boy, I had those Tiger LCD handhelds. And when you only have one or two of them, that's all you can play. So I would have other kids bring in their systems and we would just kind of like trade off at lunch. Like, okay, you play this. This way you kind of get to play new games. Uh, and when the Game Boy, I was like, oh, yeah, now I'm bringing the Game Boy and we're trading out games and we're playing Link Cables. And we had a couple kids who brought in Game Gears. And then we had that one kid that brought in a Turbo Express. So, of <laughs> course, it was like, all right, yeah, I want to play this now. You yeah. know, like, you know, <laughs> Who are you? And you're my new best friend. <laughs> right, right. Uh, those Tiger games were that. That I think was one of the the coolest things about the Game Boy was being able to take multiple games. Like you know, this this like I said earlier, this was the the case that I took everywhere when I was a kid. You know, I had I had a 
just like jammed full of games and my accessories and I crammed like more than it's actually supposed to fit in that thing um, because I loved the little tiger handhelds when I was when I was younger um, but but yeah they were so limited on what you can do and I never got the the game and watch or anything like that but it just kind of jumped right to the game boy and it was such a cool advancement to be able to go from you know just like little dot matrix things to like full-blown video games like in the palm of my hand that I could take anywhere and play anywhere and uh, you know the Mario and Tetris and everything else that I love from the NES to be able to take on the go, um, which is so crazy. Like to be able to think, you know, that this, like this device was 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 the coolest advancement in technology, like in, in my little like ten year old brain um, at the time. And now that like you know we carry a, a you know a supercomputer in our pockets um, that is a lot smaller than than it, and we have you know the the switch that you know in, in some terms of size comparison, you know it's it's you know. It's not the, the exact same sort of thing, but you know, equivalent, and it can do so much more. Um, but it just doesn't take away the memories that that we had. I think with the Game Boy, you know, um, over the you know, I don't know. I played this way longer than than a normal lifespan uh, of a of a video game console because it was just had so many cool games and, and memories. You know, even after the you know the different iterations of it came out, I still played my Game Boy because it was it was so much fun. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. It was a system. I mean, you also think about console wars, and you think about things right now. There's the big three. Uh, you have to remember how many consoles the Game Boy crushed. Like the Game Boy was 1989 until pretty much, well, like 2000, 2001. 2001 was Game Boy Advance. So you're looking at, at a 11-year life cycle if you count the Game Boy Color as part of the same. If you don't, it goes to 1997, I think. So. so you're looking at an eight-year. And unlike today where there's the big three, uh, there was a lot more. I mean, the Game Boy beat out, obviously, the Game Gear. Prior to that, it beat out the Lynx, which was 1989. Actually, the Lynx beat the Game Boy to market, I believe. Uh, it beat out the Turbo Express. It beat out the Supervision. It beat out the Mega Duck. It beat out the, uh, like, so many. The Gamate died to it. Like, all these other competitors from all these other companies. Even even companies like uh, the CDI went portable with Sony and Philips and Gold Star, and they all failed, too. Not that the CDI was a great system, but... You know, the Nomad was a portable Genesis, and it couldn't touch the Game Boy. This black and white or green and white, a black screen was just enough to carry it. And that says something. That was totally not about the graphics. That was just about the gameplay and just how much staying power that Game Boy did have. Uh, to this day, uh, it is still up there. I mean, the DS has out- outsold it, but it's up there in the top tier in terms of sales and in definitely in terms of lifetime and has to be number one in the amount of competitors it crushed mm-hmm. yeah for sure um dave deadly said in the chat that he uh, besides uh, the pack and tetris he got super mario and double dragon when he first got his game boy those are some great games um and uh, actually, Roth said he had the Double Dragon and Batman Tiger handhelds. Um, I'm pretty sure I had the Batman one. I don't think I had the Double Dragon one, but I, I'm pretty sure I had the Tiger uh, Batman game as well. Um, Jakester brings up an interesting comment there. He says, uh, here's a downside of the, the Game Boy today, that the cartridge batteries. You mentioned that earlier, Barry. Um, 
you know, I guess you, know, you can swap those batteries out now yep. and everything. Um, but it is unfortunate. Like if you, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't booted up um, Pokemon Blue in such a long time. It's probably not there anymore. But I guess there's a chance if it, if it is stick around. Um, but that was that was kind of an unfortunate thing. But it was, it was still a cool advancement, I guess, from the times. You know, bringing it over from the NES and being able to to have a, all that save data on there. Um, what it, what was the like the average lifespan of those batteries? Do you guys know? I want to say fifteen to twenty okay. years. So it's that's what I've heard. Yeah. I don't know if I can't verify. So Pokemon Blue is probably long gone. Then yeah, it's oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pokemon is an interesting beast too because the the Game Boy is one of those systems that I played and brought in elementary school, and I also played and brought in high school thanks to Pokemon. I would bring my my original Game Boy to school to play pokemon in high school so like that, you think about it that that's a, it's a system that transcends almost your entire educational career <laughs> yeah you know and if you go back to school you can take pokemon sword and shield with you uh, to school yeah. and there. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh, jake's just said 15 20 years yeah i think that's that's pretty much it but uh but yeah you can easily swap out those batteries now and then keep on going i'm sure they probably have even better batteries now although the 15 20 years is pretty good on its own um Patrick saying that uh, he's he's hoping that uh, his current and soon to be Game Boy palettes will inspire and bring new life to the Game Boy inspired games for modern consoles in the future, much like uh, Save Me, Mister Taco, and uh, Awesome P. And so um, is Patrick. Uh, Patrick is Wolf Bunny. Is Wolf Bunny okay? He he changed over. He's all of a sudden now he's there. So um, <laughs> so cool. So Patrick and Wolf Bunny, same person. Keeping all that clear in my head. Uh, so yeah, and any other like uh, final memories from the Game Boy that you want to share before we move on and, and talk about some of the news today, Greg? Anything? I don't think so. I mean, I didn't really do like a super ton of Game Boy playing. I didn't really get more hooked into like the Game Boy Advance, but I like I did bring up some like big ones with like Tetris um, Plus and some playing of like James Bond and. Metroid 2 have very fond memories going through and actually like beating that through the first time there. But yeah, for me, it was just basically a lot more of those arcade style games just because it was, I pretty much only had it for like vacation time and maybe occasional boredom time if the power was out at home. It was, I mostly stuck to like the home console stuff at that time. And how things have changed now you take your home console yeah. on the go. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, in terms of beating games, I think when I talked about playing Super Mario Land 2 quite a bit, I remember uh, beating that finally. And it was just such an exciting day in my life. Uh, it was just like I finally beat it because there was just a couple levels that were so tough for, for younger me to get through. And uh, and I've kind of actually, I've, I've not really played it since then because I've, I want those memories to be stuck in my head. I don't want to like fill them with, you know, playing it as an adult. I want myself remembering how I beat it as a young kid because um, that was that was a really cool memory. Uh, Barry, anything else that uh, you want to share about the, the Game Boy as we wrap up its little celebration of, of 30 years tonight? I mean, what's, what else is there to say? It's just a phenomenal system that if you gave it to someone today to play, they would be like, this is terrible, this is dated, this is, you know, why should I play this when I could play so much... You know, so many other better games or at least better looking games. Um, but for those of us, you know, the millions of us that 
grew up with the Game Boy, that had the Game Boy, that experienced the Game Boy in its heyday and, and even shortly thereafter. It's like you said, it's like memories. It's like a time capsule. It is, it is a special place. It is a special system. It is a system that that helped solidify Nintendo's uh, place in the gaming industry. Uh, I think if it wasn't for the Game Boy, Nintendo may not be where they are today uh, because they've dominated that handheld market. And I think the Game Boy gave them the confidence to do that as they beat out all those other competitors. Um, it, it's just a, a phenomenal system that... Who knows if we'll see the name revived? Who knows if we'll see a Game Boy Classic? I mean, this would be the time to do it at the 30th anniversary, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what Nintendo does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be really cool, I think, uh, to have to have a Game Boy Classic. If it's even if it's you know slightly smaller or whatever, to be able to have that and uh, and totally you know just you know take all those games with you um, would be really really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, actually you mentioned, uh, you know, someone, you know, getting it new today. Um, if you've not watched, uh, Marquez Brownlee is actually doing a, uh, a series of like old tech new and he's reviewing like old tech. And, uh, I think it's actually for YouTube premium or something like that. Um, but he does one, um, MKB, MKBHD, uh, does one on the Game Boy, um, which also made me feel old because apparently, um, he wasn't, he's too young to have played the, <laughs> the original Game Boy and I was like oh man yeah definitely feeling old right now because i i definitely remember it coming out um but uh but yeah you can check that out um if you haven't seen it yet um let's see yeah uh patrick's still talking about his uh his palettes and everything again if you haven't checked those out be sure to do so uh jakester still loves playing tetris on the game boy um uh the game boy version on his 3ds and um yeah um make sure you uh, you know, keep throwing your thoughts about uh, about the Game Boy in, in the chat. Uh, we're going to move on, though, to some news and discuss that before we wrap up uh, for tonight. Um, and a couple big couple big uh, big stories um, recently in the, the video game world uh, kind of as a whole. Um, if you guys uh, know, just like you, all of you know this, um, not too long ago, we had E3, right? E3 2019 was a great event. Lots of cool stuff happened. Um, but here recently, um, news got out. And uh, it wasn't just the news that got out. Apparently, a lot of contact information uh, got out. And uh, we were talking about this earlier. And, <laughs> um, you know, there were some leaks from E3. And we we're like, ooh, the leaks. No, not the kind of leaks you're thinking of uh, with, like, game announcements. It was actually contact information that was leaked. And apparently, uh, over 2,000 journalists and YouTube um, YouTubers had their all their contact information, like their email addresses. But not just that. Also, their home phone numbers, their cell phone numbers, their home addresses were all just leaked out there in plain text for the world to find. Uh, they've since been taken down and, and people have alerted um, the ESA and, and or and everybody, or not the ESA, is it the ESA? Am I, am I right correctly? That who runs E3? And, uh, and, and they, they've taken it down since then, and uh, but the, the information's out there. Um, what do you guys think about this? Uh, Barry, what, what's, what's your thoughts about this uh, mishandling of some pretty precious uh, information from all these, uh, these journalists? Because now they're getting a lot of spam and all this other stuff. Uh, I hate I hate leaks to begin with. I think leaks ruin things. Uh, this kind of leak is the worst. Uh, I mean, 
it's it's not as bad as you know when the credit card company says oh yeah we've been hacked and uh, you know all your information is now given out so we have to give you all new stuff which is just a pain in the butt um this this is why it's bad is it's it's you know it's someone's personal life is now put out there someone who has a public face and now their personal life is out there and for the average joe they'll be like oh i don't care you know but unfortunately there are people who may find an infatuation with a particular journalist or a particular youtuber and now they get the information like their home address and their phone number and and email and now i have a way to contact they were first just a voice or just a picture on on my youtube or now now i can reach out to them now i know how to reach out to them on a personal level and while this is by far the minority um this is going to have lasting effects because these people will be haunted. Even if it's just one person, uh, it's all it takes uh, is one person to disrupt your privacy. It's bad enough with the stupid robot robo calls and the scammers all over the place, but now just to start getting harassed uh, by by fans and a lot. Sometimes people don't even realize they're doing it, but other people, you know, could be very creepy. And and I think everybody deserves their own privacy. Period. Mm-hmm. And and these people are no exception. And and you know. Some of our information might have been leaked. I even checked. Um, if we're in the ESA, we've been to E3 before, uh, and and we have the right to our own privacy too. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't need my inbox to be flooded with random people. Uh, if people want to contact me, they know how. And and I think with social media, a lot of YouTube and, and journalists have made it. Here's my private Twitter. You we could talk that way, or here's my Instagram. We could talk that way. Um, we don't need phone calls. We don't need people showing up or sending things to our houses or, God forbid, you know, not sending things to our house, but showing up at our house. Ding dong. Oh, who's there? Oh, it's a crazy person from across the country that decided to come and see me. Like, whoa, wait a minute. This is this. You're in my personal space. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I hope I hope nothing comes of it. I hope no one uses the information for malicious reasons or negative reasons. Uh, That would be a perfect world. This is not a perfect world, and I just hope that nothing serious happens from this. And I hope that the ESA uh, fixes their shit. I hope this does not affect E3 2020, um, because that would be a blow to everybody that loves video games and everybody in the industry and everybody that follows um, it'd be like having all your Christmas gifts taken away, and that's just wrong. <laughs> uh, so I guess, I guess time will tell. Time will tell how serious this is in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, we know we've already had some some people that have found out, you know, even Twitch streamers and, and stuff like that, and some horrible things have happened um, when they come to their, their houses and even, you know, harass them. And there's even been, you know, murders and stuff like that. That's awful. Um, so, you know, you hope that this doesn't lead to that, but but all of a sudden you've just taken out that, that – um, that wall of privacy now and like now the all these people the good people but also the bad people now have potentially have all this information and and we don't know what's going to happen to it um hopefully every, everything is okay every and no problem or anything but uh but we don't know um greg are you are you scared that uh mine and your information might get out there or you know i i've moved since then so it's okay <laughs> yeah i believe i have moved as well and even changed had changed my phone number since we had went but I have seen like an increase in like junk mail coming to the inbox. So I don't know if you've 
seen that as well. It's just mm-hmm. I've never really seen like junk really coming into my email, and now all of a sudden, like, oh, free auto insurance quotes and like all this other like spam junk that I don't even care about just like suddenly coming into my Nintendo fuse box. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, as with Barry said, just be careful out there, change your information if you really need to, and yeah, don't be a creeper i'd hate to be a gamer girl right now i don't hope she doesn't get any more increased attention from people knowing where she lives <laughs> they'll just show up and get the get their own bath water yeah uh, <laughs> take a bath with gamer girl oh man all right we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna stop yeah. that before we go down the wrong path but uh yeah <laughs> But yeah, I yeah, I mean, I'm so I, glad I didn't say that. Just, <laughs> it was not me. Well, but, yeah, Barry left the door open for me because it was like he took all the nice and positive things to say, and I'm like, how can I turn this around and make this? <laughs> uh, I'm man. so proud of you, Greg. That's all <laughs> hey, you know, we had a we had one a couple episodes ago where we had just a bunch of of bathroom jokes, so might as well, I guess. Um, so. <laughs> One of the things that I realized recently, and and, and this is more just me processing everything, really was, you know, a, a couple, um, you know, months ago, it just hit me why so many uh, YouTubers, you know, use PO boxes, and I, and I know a lot of them actually have a PO box that's like a couple towns away to keep that privacy, and and when that doesn't happen, all of a sudden, like. You know, now everybody knows where they live and they can just like not only send like show up with some packages and who knows what's going to happen. So that's it's kind of just crazy that uh, that 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 information is really out there. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, let's turn the page a little bit. And and uh, Barry, I'm going to throw it to you because uh, recently you've you've heard some uh, some comments about the Nintendo Switch from a little little company called Electronic Arts. What, what have they been saying about our, our little switch friend? Uh, yeah, so EA has not really supported Nintendo since the early days of the Wii U. They they definitely have not publicly stated it, but you can tell they're burned that Nintendo didn't want Origin on the Wii U or to be the exclusive online service for the Wii U. And it's showing on the Switch. So far, EA has released a whopping four games on the Switch, this super fast-selling, money-making system. Uh, then it uh, has two FIFAs, FIFA 18 and 19, uh, Unravel 2, but not Unravel 1, and Fae, which is one they published, not developed. Uh, and we do know FIFA 2020 is coming, so we'll count that. That's a whopping five games. Three of them are FIFA. So uh, there was a, it was a, a financial call, and they were asked about uh, The Sims, if The Sims would go to the Switch, because The Sims is one of those franchises that would do really well on the Switch. And Andrew Wilson, the CEO, and this is, I'm going to read a quote here. This is Andrew Wilson's response to that. This is an absolutely uh, uh, direct quote. He said, anytime we're evaluating platform conversations, we are really looking at a couple of things. One, does the game really fit the profile of the platform in terms of the control of uh, or the community ecosystem? Two, do we think the community playing on that platform would appreciate the game to go there, or would they prefer to play somewhere else? We have a lot of data that would suggest a great many Switch owners also 
own a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One or a PC and very often choose to play the games that we make on those platforms, even though they have a Switch and they enjoy a lot of great content on the Switch. And so there's always an evaluation process that goes on case-by-case basis. And I wouldn't say that Sims would never go to the Switch, but I think we're doing really, really well attracting Sims players. As we said, we did a promotion in the last couple of months and brought in 7 million new Switch play- uh, Sims players. Uh, that we expect to engage in this community on a platform that is really tailored to user-generated content, creativity, and customization, end quote. And what this really says is the Switch doesn't it make it so that you can have a really good online infrastructure. We know EA is all about those online, uh, forced online worlds. They did the whole SimCity revival that was terrible because it forced you to be online even when you wanted to play single player. Uh, They're just constantly doing this, and that's what they want. They want always online microtransactions. Uh, The next one they did, um, Anthem from BioWare. Yeah, I was looking forward to that game, and then I found out like you have to play online even if you want to play single player. And I'm like, oh, there goes my pre-order because I love BioWare. This is not, I mean, EA itself is a terrible company right now. They're doing some shady practices, but they're pretty much just dismissed the Switch despite the sales because they figure if people have a Switch, they have one of their other platforms so they can still play the games. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think the EA is just too easily dismissing the Switch and we're probably not going to see many more, if any more, outside of FIFA 20 or other FIFA games uh, from EA on the Switch, or or do you think he's right? Do you think like, ah, hey, you know what? He's right. He, the EA should stay off the Switch. What do you guys think? Yeah, if you actually consider FIFA uh, 20 an actual game, because um, it's really just a reskin 19 and new rosters. Um, yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous. I, I think it's it's absolutely ridiculous, especially um, because they're missing out on on a younger audience, especially. Um, because we have the Switch Lite coming out, which you're going to have a ton more people they are going to have um, that are younger, younger gamers that they could totally get in because you know that, like, seven-year-old is not going to have a Switch and an Xbox. Their, their parents are probably going to hey, you know what? The Switch Lite is, is pretty cheap. I can get this for you, and, and you can play, and you can actually toss it around a little bit. It's going to be, you know, can take it on the go. And that may be the only console for a lot of younger gamers or a lot of gamers that, that don't have as much money to spend. Um, and, and I think the, the low price entry point actually makes there a good chance that a lot of people are going to have only a Switch. Now, they're not wrong. A lot of Switch owners do have an additional console. I think all three of us have an additional console. Um, and, I, and I know um, Hassan was the same way as well. You know, he was on a, on a podcast all the time. Um, we all have now have multiple consoles. Um, but that doesn't mean we are the, the majority. I think a lot of, of gamers really only do have one. And, uh, and I think they're missing out on a lot of uh, potential revenue and a potential uh, new gamers that they can get you know, sucked in. I think Sims, um, Jakester saying Sims will be perfect uh, on the Switch um, now that Animal Crossing is delayed. I, I agree. I think Sims is one of those games that younger people can get into as well. And uh, it's really unfortunate. So what do you think uh, there, Greg? Yeah, I was basically going to say what you were saying. I mean, they're basically just missed opportunities. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing like an MLB game today or maybe even dabbling back into like Tiger Woods, but it's not on Switch, so not going to get it. Um, I know I am the minority on here. I only have the single console, so if they don't, they don't well, want you me have to a have... PC. 
Uh, <laughs> a, a working PC. It took only like ten minutes for it to start up and for me to get onto the call. But <laughs> but yeah, so so the Switch really is the you know, Nintendo is really your your primary or your only um, you know gaming system there. Yeah, so if it's not on Switch, then I don't get it. I mean, there's been times where I've been tempted to get whatever, even a 360, Xbox One, PlayStation 3, and 4, but I've been able to hold off just because it's like I don't have the time and I don't want to spend $300 or $400 for just to get like one or two games that I could play. It's unfortunately, but that's kind of a high cost just to get a handful of games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the you know, Jakester saying that he he only has you know he recently got a PC, but uh, but as far as consoles, he doesn't have a PS4 or an Xbox either. Um, in fact, I, I would love to know if you guys uh, have uh, other consoles in addition to your Switch, or if you only have a Switch. Let us know in the chat, and uh, and if you're listening later, watching later, um, throw it throw that down in the comments as well. We'd love to kind of take an informal poll and and see where our, our viewers and our listeners are in that, and and also let us know what you think about this this ea story like is that disappointing to you or or have you like a lot of us have actually just written off ea and like you know what i'm tired of your your stuff and i'm just gonna stop buying your games because like i i would be excited to play fifa but i rarely buy a fifa game anymore partially because i'm just so upset with the their practices recently you know every once in a while i get where i really do want to play a good soccer game and it's one of the the only ones um i do play uh PES every once in a while, but but usually FIFA is one of the better ones, and so I'll get it every once in a while. But I don't get it every year because like I'm I'm tired of of what EA Sports has been doing, um, and I I would love to to give them my money, but sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, with all their backlash and everything, I don't know how much I'd get into it, but I'd at least like to get like one game out of the series. I wouldn't like be like, oh, I got to get 2020 and get 2021 and 2022, but. I think it would be still cool to get like one like MLB game or one FIFA game, maybe even one NBA game or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't mind uh, tossing a little bit, but they don't want to put it on Switch, so okay, I won't get it. Yeah. The amazing thing is that Madden isn't on the Switch. Like, Madden is, if it's not their number one, FIFA's their number one, and Madden's number two in terms of properties they own. Madden would work so easily on the Switch. And while, yes, Many people who play Madden do PS4 or Xbox One. I know a lot of people that travel a lot and work and have publicly stated they love the Switch, but they would love to be able to play Madden on it because they can't play Madden when they're on the road. And it's just a moneymaker right there. Like That thing would print money for them. There's so many people that travel that are obsessed with Madden. And and it's just it's a safe bet. I mean, if you even think about the 3DS, the EA support on the 3DS was abysmal too. They did actually put out a Madden game. One. They never continued after that. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it looks like... um Dave said he has a he has a Xbox One and PS4 in addition to his uh, Switch. Um, I know Roth has got a PC for sure. I'm, I'm assuming he has some other consoles. Um, so I feel, I feel like we're really kind of split. I think a lot of people really would um, enjoy those games to come over because they really do only have the Switch. Um, but then uh, but then there's there's a bunch of others that, that do have more. And honestly, like there's been there's been a lot of games that are on multiple platforms, and I actually prefer to buy them on switch 
because I can take it on the go. Like, I, I waited until Cuphead came on Switch to get it. I could have bought it on Xbox a long time ago and enjoyed that game, but I waited until it came on Switch. And, and there's a handful of other games as well that I've I've chosen to get them on Switch. Yeah, the graphics aren't as good, and you know it doesn't have you know things popping out of the screen at me or whatever. But you know what I can do? I can take that game on the go, and I love that feature. And so I, I think there's probably others like me um, that that would prefer that their games on Switch instead of. Uh, of Xbox or PS4 because of because of those reasons. So, so anyway, hopefully EA, if you strangely listen to our podcasts, um, change your ways. I think you are you're reading the gaming uh, scene very wrong, and uh, and hopefully um, you know eventually you'll you'll bring some of those games over to to Switch because people are ready to hand over your mon- their money. Just just do it. Um, all right, let's let's move move uh, on to a different topic. Um, and uh, actually, speaking of money, um, Nintendo has been making a lot of money recently. Um, I mean, they're pretty much always making money, but specifically off their uh, mobile titles. Um, Greg, tell us a little bit about uh, this new um, uh, threshold that Dragalia Lost has has uh, now surpassed. Yes, Dragalia Lost just hit the number two. Um, ch- on the charts for the Nintendo, the Nintendo mobile games, it hit the 100 million mark. Um, the first, it's now sitting behind Fire Emblem Heroes, which is at the 591 million. But it's still a pretty good feat because it's past uh, Animal Crossing, which was at 99. Uh, Mario Run was at 72 million, and then Doctor Mario World just obviously very um, only within like a few weeks hit like 790 thousand dollars. So. It's pretty great that Dragalia Lost is exclusive IP, and it actually is now in the number two spot overall for the Nintendo mobile title. So it's a job well done. It's a very fun game. I would definitely recommend uh, checking it out. In terms of spending money, that's on your own discretion if you think you need to. But I'm sure Barry will tell you it's definitely worth it to put the money into Dragalia Lost, but I'm doing just fine without having uh, spent any money into it. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I know. I, I know you guys come come out with, from different angles there, um, and, and still enjoying the game. I've I've still um, only played it about five minutes, um, and it's staying that way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I know you, the, Barry. You you spent some money on it, Greg. You haven't, but still a still a really fun game. Um, Barry, would you, would you still be having as much fun with it if you didn't spend money, or do you feel like you got to a point where you you had to start spending money? Um, honestly, I'd still be having fun. Um. And I think that's at the moment where all content could be cleared with even three-star adventures, provided you level them up. And, like, one of the top t- top DPS classes in the game um, is a free unit. It's a free story unit. Everyone gets her. You get her for free. And, and I think that's important. And with the uh, the raids and stuff, like the raids going on now, they always give you a free unit. And some of them have been fantastic, including the current one is a fantastic unit. There is, however, a small little problem going on with Dragalia right now that, that people should be aware of. And that is a question about power creep. 
And for those that don't know what power creep is, is it's where you're comfortable where you are and suddenly they start introducing stronger and stronger adventurers and, and other things. And the reason they do that is because they want people to keep summoning. Once you have the most powerful team, why should you bother summoning? And if you're not summoning, that means you're not spending money and that's really where you want they want you to spend the money. And it's it's one of those where Fire Emblem Heroes has gone down this path significantly. From everything I heard, like if I played right now, all my heroes, which were which were really good heroes when the game started, would be all useless. Like in the, the current content, like there's so many stronger units that they put out and specialty things, and and I get that, I understand that. And Dragalia Lost isn't at that point right now, um, but they just had uh, their gala event, and what the gala events are are they are every two months they do a gala event where they put out a special adventure. They up the drop rates for five star for everybody. They give a bunch of freebie summons and they're like, Hey, summon like now's the time to do it. And the, the adventure they actually added in, um, when compared to the others is so far off the charts, like in it, in solo, she's good. But in a team composition, she blows everybody out of the water. She's like so good that people are using her on off-element stuff because she's just that good. Um, and people are questioning what's going to happen. On top of that, they actually buffed some dragons, um, one of which pairs with her. And the buff to the dragons is so good that they buffed three dragons, and those three dragons are virtually the best in their element completely. Like they outclassed all the best dragons with that one update. Hmm. Um, so they're at a point where they either have to update all the older stuff or they have to keep going down this road. And if they go down this road, um, the whales are going to keep playing and the rest of us will say, all right, maybe it's time to step away. So it's, it's all going to be, you know, up in the next few months to see what they do. But that is something to take aware of. However, all content in the game right now can be cleared by all free adventurers. Uh, and you, you, they, the one thing I will say about Dragalia Lost is the developers and the team behind it are super nice. And by super nice, I mean they're generous beyond belief. Like, there was just an exploit that happened where... Uh, Every day, every weekend for the month of July, they had a free summon, one free summon. Well, for one day, there was a glitch, and people were doing a free tenfold summon, which is ten summons for free instead of one. They realized this was a glitch. They shut down the game for maintenance to fix this, came back and said, hey, we're sorry for this glitch. So what we're going to do is we're going to give everybody 1,200 Wormite, which is the currency and uh, that, that's in the game, the, the in-game currency, and 1,200 Wormite is enough for a tenfold summon. On top of that, that, that was just for the inconvenience. On top of that, they're going to look through the data. Anybody that did not get a free, that used this exploit, that did not use this exploit, free tenfold, they're going to send everybody a free tenfold voucher that did not use this exploit. So you're not left behind. These people may have got a free tenfold now. You're going to get a free tenfold from the developers. <laughs> Like, just like that. Just like, we're sorry. Then the game went down for something else, and they came back, and they're like, here's another free 1200 Wormite. Sorry for taking the game down for two hours. Like, it's wonderful, because they don't have to do that. They could just be like, oh, whatever, you know. Or they could go the route of banning, like, oh, these people mm -hmm. used an exploit, we're going to ban them. Instead, no, we're going to let everybody catch up. We're going to let everybody have that same opportunity. We screwed up. It's our fault. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like that they're transparent. I like that they're generous. Um, the people at the Niantic for Pokemon Go can certainly learn a thing or two from <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a great game. And I think the fact that it hit this milestone, it is their, Nintendo's only mobile game that is a brand new IP. 
every other mobile game they put out is part of another IP. Yeah. And I think on top of that, it has like the least downloads too. That's something that's significant. It has the least downloads of all other Nintendo titles in mobile's field and is now the second most profitable, which means more people are spending per person than on other mobile downloads. Hmm. Like Fire Emblem is still way away, but like Animal Crossing is right there. But Animal Crossing has like five times the amount of downloads as Dragalia. Mm. So if Animal Crossing was pe- the people were pulling in the same amount of money as Dragalia, then they would be five times as much, like be making that much. So they've got something really good with Dragalia, and I hope Nintendo utilizes this IP because when you have a gotcha game or you know a gotcha game, you wanna you want to get your favorite characters. And with Fire Emblem Heroes, one of the reasons it's so big is because people know these characters. They know Marth. They know Roy. They know Ike. They know Robin. They know Lucina from Smash Brothers or from playing the games. So it's like, I want my favorite Fire Emblem characters. The characters in Dragalia Lost are brand new. Here's a new character. Nobody knows about them. No one knows their story. So it's really cool um, that this is pulling this in. People want these characters. People are enjoying these characters. They're enjoying the story. They're creating good characters. And I think that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg, you, you think you're ever going to spend some money on the on Dragalia Lost and add to that uh, $100 million total? Or are you going to keep going free? I think I should be able to still be fine going free. I haven't had the need to really put any money in. I mean, I know Barry's recommended, like, oh, you can get package and get a free adventure but i mean i already have like a five star like in each all like all five elements so it's like yeah i can technically upgrade one but then i also have to grind out like another million orbs and dragon wings and like (laughs) well what i recommended to him is what what they do in dragalia is occasionally they do what they call a dream summon Mm. and a dream summon takes um the paid currency it's 1,200 of the paid currency, which is the same amount of currency as a tenfold summon, 1,200. What you get for it is you get a tenfold summon voucher. So you're not losing any money. It's, you're just trading one for one. But then they also let you pick any adventurer or dragon that's in the pool, and you get them. Any five-star or four-star or even three-star if you really want, that you want. So if there's that one adventure, you're like, oh, you know, their banner, I, I summoned three or four times. I didn't get them. I really wanted them for my team. Hey, you know what? I can pay a little money, guarantee, get just get the one I want, and then still you're not losing anything because you're still getting that tenfold summon that you can use whenever you want. I think it's a great system, especially in a gotcha, because it lets you get that one one you're missing or, you know, whatever you need, and you can pick. And I, I'm looking forward. Hopefully, the anniversary they do multiple of these. But I think, I think those are the time where if you're not going to spend money in the game normally, I get that. But like that's one area where I would say if you're enjoying this game, the money will only help you here because you're not losing anything, and you get to pick like all oh, this favorite character or this character's meta in the thing, or you want this for this high dragon raid. You can pick it. I mean, that that's a really cool idea. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> Probably not cool enough to get me in the game yet, but uh, but it's pretty cool though. <laughs> uh, let's there. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, this 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 whole uh, thing you're talking about might be my my big thing. I missed out on that, and darn, um, don't have to worry about all those things. <laughs> Uh, good. We've had some really good discussion between uh, Dave and Ryan in the chat talking about uh, 
Following up on our conversation about EA, um, really talking about uh, Call of Duty and Battlefield and kind of where they're going in the future and, and everything, and EA's big focus on trying to be, you know, first on the next-gen sort of thing, but it seems like Call of Duty's really pushing for that as well and, and where we're actually going to be, uh, you know, with between Battlefield and Call of Duty. Um, yeah, I don't even know, though, like, if, if any of those games will ever make it to Switch. It'd be really cool if they did, but um, at this point, I, I feel like uh, a lot of those companies have just kind of given up on Switch, unfortunately, but they really shouldn't. Um, one thing that uh, has come out recently, though, is uh, Universal. Universal Studios has um, released a little more information. Um, a couple podcasts ago, I, I believe it might have been the one that I missed, uh, you guys talked about uh, the, the concept art. Um, that was uh, recently released. It's, it's now old concept art, um, but from the Super Mar- Super Nintendo World. Um, that's going to be uh, at Universal Studios in Florida, and uh, kind of get some really cool designs about what those worlds can look like and everything. But uh, Universal just had a, a press conference, I believe, um, yesterday, a couple days ago, not too long ago, and uh, they revealed um, their Epic Universe. I believe it's what it's called. And it's a brand new world uh, that they're going to have in Universal Studios Florida. So they're going to have the the main Universal Studios. They have their um, Islands of Adventure. And then they're going to have this third brand new world called Epic Universe. And I believe I can make this come up. So if you're watching uh, on YouTube, you're going to be able to see a uh, concept of this. Yep, there it is. So this is a screen that they showed off. um, And... People are saying that uh, on the left side uh, of this image there is where you can see that it seems to be uh, where Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo World is going to be. So um, it's kind of like this hub world in the middle, like a lot of amusement parks are built around there. They have a you know big hotel on the on the north end um, uh, of this, and and Ryan's saying 750 acres. Yeah, it's this thing is huge, um, really really big uh, world, and they're they're saying there's a lot of other things that people are guessing at where they're going to be um maybe even like a how to train your dragon world down down there on the the southeastern uh portion of this map but uh, people are saying that if you zoom in really close that the stuff on the western side of this map i don't know if that actually is north south east and west but if the the uh, left side of the map is it looks to be where the mario world uh might be and then the uh, the donkey kong world might be on the, the far left side because a lot of the the things line up with uh with all that that was shown off um just a couple weeks ago and also uh they have um they did show off a map of where this would be so um you, you can see where universal studios florida is the hard rock cafe islands of Adventure, and then quite a bit south of that is where um, you actually see the uh, where Epic Universe is, is going to be there in Florida. So um, yeah, Greg, what do you what do you think about uh, this news uh, of Super Nintendo World being uh, most likely part of this new Epic Universe? Uh, are you still pretty excited about uh, going to visit? Yep, I definitely was going to be planning a trip out there just as soon as it's ready to go. So. Now that it's kind of in another park, it'll be kind of more streamlined to head to that one. But obviously, if it's going to be a brand new park in general, then that's where everyone's going to want to be anyways because it's all new. So, yeah, it just increases their competitive with uh, Disney World down there and Disneyland out in California for Universal uh, out there. But, yeah, I'm still excited to go see the Nintendo Land and other stuff that they add into the new park. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy how much space I guess is still unoccupied uh, there there in Orlando. I feel like there's just like all this space that Disney and Universal keeps just buying up. I'm like, how are they creating land? Maybe they are. Uh, <laughs> Barry, Barry, what do you think of uh, all this uh, potential news about Super Mario or Super Nintendo World? I have to do that every time. I almost say Super Mario, but Super Nintendo World. I. I kind of would would have preferred if the whole park was Super Nintendo World. Mm. <laughs> like that would have been amazing. I think um, all of us would want that. But <laughs> uh, there's definitely enough property there to actually do it. There is. Yeah. Um, I heard something about you know Nintendo stuff in two parks. Um, so you know, like something about like maybe Zelda in Islands of Adventure, and then uh, the Mario Donkey Kong stuff in uh, in. Uh, in this new epic worlds i don't know all the facts but i can't wait for it i'll tell you this though when it opens i will not be anywhere near that as much as i want to that will plea insanity mm-hmm. and i'm i'm gonna make a trip down there for that i want to enjoy it and i don't enjoy waiting in lines so i'll let them get the kinks out and figure this all out and watch it vicariously through YouTube so I have an idea how to plan my day. Right. And then I'll go down and enjoy it afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be one of those day one people. I'll definitely go probably when it's more calmed down. And, and here I was about to propose a meetup on the day one down there at uh, Epic Event, uh, Epic Universe, but apparently not. You guys are on up for it, so, <laughs> so well, camp if, out you know, all night. Honest, if if you're if you're gonna pay for the tickets out there, then I will meet you out there um, day one. We'll do I, it. I, I said meetup. I wasn't sure about <laughs> tickets. <laughs> Uh, that would be cool, though. Like to just just plan a day. Nintendo I mean, use a yeah, sponsored meeting. <laughs> totally, totally. We can just go around riding all the stuff together. That'd be fun. But uh, yeah, I can't wait. It, it's going to be so exciting, and I, and I love like just the. I think just the competition as a whole. Like this is outside of you know just talking about Nintendo, but I think you know just like. Xbox and Sony make Nintendo better. I think um, the competition of you know Universal Studios stepping up their game, getting some really cool properties in there, will make Disney better, which then will make Universal better, and maybe maybe down the line, Nintendo will have their own park as a part of uh, Universal Studios, and uh, and we'll get that eventually because there's definitely enough, like we said, enough property there and IP to actually to have an entire park, all of their their own properties. So can you imagine Pokemon World? No oh god. <laughs> people people running around as Pikachu and you have to like throw balls at them like and he sticks like velcro go. balls and just Perfect. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Speaking of Pokemon visit Hyrule. <laughs> so I, I I want the Zelda one as well, for sure. That that's to be so much fun. If they had if, only if they had Mario, uh, Donkey Kong and and Zelda, I'd be happy enough, but but there's so much other, you know, amazing properties that they could uh, make some rides out of for sure. Um, but Planet but, Zebes. <laughs> there you go. You, yeah. I, uh, okay. Um, I could. I'm mean, gonna have to stop. But uh, <laughs> but anyhow, um, Pokemon. Uh, we actually um, Pokemon. I think it was on their Twitter, and they may have put out some other information as well. Um, but the Pokemon company um, said that, uh, as per usual, things happen like a day or two after uh, we you know record a podcast. So in two days, actually, on uh, I have this written down somewhere. Um, it's gonna be August seventh at six a.m. Pacific time. So. 
pretty early in the morning um, on August 7th, so that's this Wednesday. Um, we're going to give some more information on Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, not necessarily a, a full-blown direct on it or anything. It may just be a, a post, and that's it. Um, but we're going to get some additional information about um, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Um, Barry, any any thoughts about this? Or just kind of like, hey, mark your calendars. Um, we don't really know anything. You know, I have no idea what to expect. Um, what I would like to see, I would like to see them showing off an updated engine. I hope they address the tree. I think at this point they have to address the tree. It's become a meme. And I would love for them to just... Now, it's, to me, it's not a big deal, but I know for some people it's a huge deal. Them to just address this whole national decks thing um only reason i say that is because there was an old interview that was judged up that pretty much said like yeah we're never going to not include pokemon and we're always working on updating the the uh the sprites and the the models so that we'll never have this problem uh so I want to see that. I want I want to see them put their money where their mouth is because if you're going to go on record saying this stuff, then back it up. If you never said it, it's one thing. But once once people have found, like you said this, it only makes yourself look bad. And the interesting thing is right now, like Game Freak is coming out and saying, like, people think Nintendo makes this game. No, we make this game. We make this game. While there's all this controversy, and I think that's funny. Like, is now the time you want to point your finger at you? Like, no, be mad at us, not Nintendo. Like... <laughs> Okay, good job, Game Freak. I hope they address it. I hope they at least say, look, look, like I understand, Pokemon does not have the same luxury as other Nintendo properties in terms of being delayed. Animal Crossing just got delayed. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 got delayed because it got restarted. Pokemon is almost an annual franchise at this point. They need to make that November window. Most most Pokemon mainline games come out in the November window. So a delay, if they were to say, well, we're going to delay it to March, that kills the Switch's holiday for Nintendo. And if you put it in March, you have a new Pokemon game coming in November. That, that's too close. So you have to delay it a whole nother year. Like That's not what Game Freak wants to do. So I think the best thing they could do is address it and say, look, it wasn't originally in the cards for whatever stupid reason, but we're going to add it in in DLC. We're going we're gonna to add it in. We're going to let you bring all these Pokemon in. Um, this is clearly what people want. There's a whole movement on it. Give the people what they want, mm -hmm. even if you do it after the fact. I think, I think they need to come the the vocal crowd pokemon's going to sell no matter what but you don't want to burn bridges with your loyal fans right you don't so i th i hope they address that and they address the engine that's what i hope they address if they you know i would i would love to see uh mega evolutions and z moves come back i, I i'm a big fan of adding as opposed to removing that's why i hate like when smash brawl removed some characters and smash 4 continued it but i was so happy with ultimate bringing everyone back and once you have a template i feel you should never remove you should only add um so i'd like to see i'd like to see them do that mm -hmm. and for all we know is here's a new trailer guess what guys we're gonna show off two new pokemon that look terrible and uh that's it bye right. um and that would suck <laughs> there's, there's another gym leader yeah, he's another gym leader. Have yeah. yeah. So, Greg, I know you haven't really been into Pokemon, but you're, you're, I think, if I remember correctly, you're actually going to plan on getting this one. Um, any, anything that you'd really like to see from in information that we haven't shared yet? Or is this, this is pretty much a brand new thing for you and you're just happy to, to get any information at all? 
yeah, it's pretty much I'm trying to follow along with everything. I don't really quite <laughs> understand all the terminologies and what I'm going to be expected to do. So it's everything is all brand new. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I kind of fall, you know, somewhere in the middle. I think I understand some of the things. Um, it would be nice. I, I don't understand why they would remove some things um, unless there's like a strategic reason. Like I know some of the games are like, oh, it takes place before and timelines and things like that or whatever. Okay, that makes sense. Or if there's limitations of the device itself. But if if none of those things fit in, why remove stuff? Why why go back in time? Like in terms of um, the advancements the games have made over time. Um, and and especially taking away some Pokemon and stuff like that, that just it seems weird. And and having a you know a lower roster and everything. So, but yeah, I hope I hope they've heard um, the outcry and and either work it in or plan to to come in and DLC and, and things like that. I think it'd be make a lot of people happy. And um, yeah, yeah not, like you said, it's still going to sell. But yeah, but you want some happy fans too. It's interesting yeah. too because they added in Mega Evolutions. I believe it was uh, XY added to Mega Evolutions, and then Sun Moon added. Not only did they add the Z moves, but they also added brand new Mega Evolutions. So they added upon the f- system they just created. Then you had uh, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, which is a remake of Yellow, and they didn't have to do anything in that, and it would have been fine because people accepted it as a remake of Yellow. But there's mega evolutions in that too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, clearly you're trying to take this system that you've you've invented and put it back into the older game this way. Then to strip it afterwards just seems like if he stripped it at a let's go, I can okay, maybe they're trying to move away. But when right. you put it in let's go, then to strip it, it just it yeah. seems so weird. <laughs> right. The game to remove it on was let's go. Like because that just yeah. makes sense for the nature of the game, not not a full blown, you know, game in the series. Yeah, no one would have cared if Mega Evolution wasn't in Let's Go because they accepted it as a remake. Right. But but, but it was an, it was a it was a surprise when you beat the game. Oh, here you guys go. Here's Mega Evolution, and it was like, oh wow, this is actually in the game. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It was like a bonus. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like Game Freak wants to take after Nintendo. Be like, <laughs> oh, we're just gonna reboot the series again. Like <laughs> that's what they did with like, Star Fox a thousand times. Oh uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and maybe some of those Nintendo people have snuck over into Game Freak and everything. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, one of the things that uh, kind of go back to our last story, it looks like people were talking in the chat about how a uh, Pikmin park would be really fun to have at Universal Studios. And I, I agree. That would be hilarious, uh, especially that Ryan's saying with um, <laughs> a bunch of people running around with weird Pikmin costumes and just like they're like uh, all that happening. That would be kind of crazy uh, for sure. You know, um, what would be awesome if you had a time of day that you had someone dressed up as like the big bugs. I forget their names. Yeah. And just came in and just started chasing yeah. the people with Pikmin costumes, <laughs> like eating them in front of children and stuff. <laughs> Eating them in front of children. Yeah. <laughs> they come around the like the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a ha- Halloween theme thing. That's perfect. <laughs> Got the haunted house thing built already in. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's tune in um, to Nintendo Fuse uh, on our social media. And uh, yeah, if, it, if it's, you know, anything big news, we'll, we'll write about it as well. But definitely uh, we'll post about it on social media um, whenever um, we get some more information about Pokemon Sword and Shield on August 7th. Um, so, yeah, 6 a.m. Uh, Pacific is when it's all supposed to drop. So we'll see see what happens then. 
Um, we do want to remind you guys that uh, you can send in your questions via email, uh, Discord, social media, all that stuff. Um, even post them there in the chat, and uh, we'd love to uh, to address your questions um, either during the show or kind of the next show. Uh, if you send them in between shows, um, we'd love to uh, to interact with you guys. Um, be sure to follow us on our all our social media channels and all that sort of thing. And um, before we uh, before we wrap up with uh, the th- stuff we're looking forward to the next couple weeks i think we have uh, a little contest uh to announce some winners don't we barry <clears throat> yes yes we do uh so last podcast uh we talked a little bit about play nyc and i'm just going to go into it briefly here uh we've been lucky enough to partner with playcrafting for the past three years now uh for play nyc which is a video game uh, show that is in manhattan uh, it is an awesome show. Uh, we were there in 2017. We were there in 2018, and we'll be there again at 2019. Uh, and two years ago, uh, Dan, the CEO of Playcrafting, was nice enough to give us some tickets. We were like, "Wow, this is great!" We gave them out to our listeners, uh, and they had a great time. Uh, last year, they did the same, so we were able to give out, and people had a great time. And this year is no different. Uh, they were so nice; they gave us some tickets, so we ran a contest. Uh, for the past two weeks, uh, and we had a lot of people enter, and it's great that we were able to do this. And these are for uh, these are Dev Pro passes. These are hundred dollar tickets. This gives you access to the show Saturday, Sunday, which is uh, next Saturday, Sunday, the August tenth and eleventh. It gives you access to the the parties. It gives you access to the media lounge. It gives you access to early an hour early on on the first day on Saturday, as well as access to both days. Uh, it's a really cool package, and uh, they were very nice enough to give it out. So uh, we want to first off thank everyone who entered. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we, we love being able to give this opportunity out to you guys. Uh, and without you guys entering, we may not be able to get that again. So it's awesome that we can keep, we can help each other out. Uh, and thank you again, especially to Playcrafting and Dan for, for giving us these tickets. Um, so we do have some winners. I want to go through them and, and name the winners. Um, but I will say this right off the bat. If, if for whatever reason, you don't win or you didn't enter the contest, you forgot, oh, no, and you really want to go, uh, Play NYC again is next weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday, August 10th and 11th. And if you go to their site, you can purchase tickets right now. So if you don't win or you, you didn't enter and you're just thinking about it, you're listening to this late, go to their website to buy tickets. Uh, if you put if you go for a weekend pass, which is Saturday, Sunday, put in the code Nintendo Fuse and you will get 40% off. So that's our way of saying, hey, you've missed the code. You missed the, uh, the, the contest. We still got your back. So if you want to go, please do that. Get 40% off. Save money on us so you can enjoy the show because it is a really, really good show and it's really well worth going to. Um, so now for the winners, congratulations to the following. These are the following winners um, that will be getting um, these dev pro passes. Uh, this is in no particular order because you all win, so it doesn't matter what order. Um, Greg Wallace, Eric Nunez, Dave Rodriguez, Mario Wankowanski, I'm going to butcher some names, I'm sorry, uh, Shaq, Laura Ratner, Anthony Sun, Steve Gutierrez, Christina Vitolil, Jared Krinsky, Ethan Nuago, Terrence Strep- 
Bjor or something and B Kulik. Um, you guys, you guys will win. So what's going to happen is I'll be sending an email. Um, it will either be today or it might be tonight, but because it is late, it's almost midnight. I might send it out tomorrow. So if I send it out tomorrow, don't hate me. Um, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, what it will be will be instructions. Unlike unlike previous years, um, this year you guys actually have to get your own tickets. Unfortunately, I can't send in your names like before and and you know get you on a list but i'm going to give you guys a special code for each of you um you're going to take that code what you purchase your own dev pro pass tickets and use that code and you will be able to get the code the, the, the ticket for free that's what that's what you're going to get so i'm going to send you this email uh like i said it most likely will be tomorrow um but i will send it out make sure to purchase your tickets use that code and i will see you at the show um i know a lot of people had a great time uh if you're interested um in the show you haven't heard of it you're just like oh tuning in uh, please go to our youtube or nintendofuse.com we have an industry talk up with dan the man in charge of the whole thing talking about this year we also have ones for the previous years if you want uh, you could also read our review uh, of last year's as well as your guys reviews because some of our winners last year actually contributed their own personal review and we put that on the site and we'd love to hear from you about that um this year we might do that through discord we're not sure but if you do go to this show, because we will not we will not do another podcast for another two weeks, but if you do go to the show, uh, please join our Discord. Please let us know, hey, what did you think of Play NYC? Did you have a good time? What did you like? What did you not like? Uh, and, and I could go ahead and send some of that stuff over to Dan because constructive criticism is good. Um, but I do hope to see you there. And I will be there. Um, I will be sporting my Nintendo Fuse shirt, which I'm not wearing right now, but Steve is actually wearing. Um, if not you see shirt. me... Not much. Not much. He's not wearing my version, but it'll be the same thing. If you see me there, please come over and say hi. I'd love to talk to you guys. Love to congratulate you. Um, absolutely. So I do look forward to seeing you this weekend. I uh, will definitely be there Saturday. I might be there Sunday too. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Cool. And and like Barry said, be sure to check out uh, the industry talk um, video we have right here on YouTube um, on our page, and you can learn a lot more and hear um, from one of the the creators of of the events um, and hear all his thoughts and, and get some insight on what's um, there's some cool there's some cool stuff that uh, that he shared with us that was kind of like exclusive to us. Um, so it's a it's a really cool interview there um, that Barry had with uh, with Dan there. Um, but yeah, thanks so much to Play Crafting and uh, Play NYC for all that, and for everybody that uh, that entered into the contest. So uh, let's let's wrap up uh, as usual with talking about some th- stuff that uh, we're looking forward to playing over the next couple weeks. So maybe some stuff that you already have, or maybe some stuff that's going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, Greg, what's what's on the docket for the next couple weeks before we uh, before we talk again on the podcast? Um, most definitely continuing uh, Three Houses and Mario Maker, um, but I probably will pick up a Turok Two Seeds of Evil that comes out in a couple days so i did like playing the Turok games on the 64 and i've just been collecting them on the switch so far so that's it for me cool cool barry what's gonna what's on what's on your switch or uh or i know what's on your pc it's, it's pretty much final <laughs> fantasy all the time <laughs> yeah um i i do want to try and get back to marvel ultimate alliance uh, and play a little more Mario Maker, I hope, uh, to get to. Also, Horizon Chase Turbo just came out physically. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about that, so I'd like to give that a try. Uh, Guacamelee is just coming out, too, I think, tomorrow. Uh, that's one I actually never played. I've heard oh. nothing but good thing. So it's like, oh, man, there's just 
too many games. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And plus, of course, next weekend, uh, I'll be play NYC and sleeping afterwards because uh, conventions usually uh, <laughs> knock me out. But uh, yeah, I'll be... Uh, I'm, that's what I plan right now. Yeah. It, my plans never go as as planned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have to play a lot of games that play NYC for sure. Yes. Oh, I yeah. play NYC. I'll be yeah. playing a lot of games. Sounds I can't so. tell you what they are um, right yeah. now because I don't know. But I, I do look forward to playing a lot of games uh, yeah. and talking to a lot of people. That's cool. Um, I, of course, will be playing some more Rocket League. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to, to getting um, back into Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 because um, I because I didn't really get to play it the last couple weeks. So I want to get back into that. Um, Jakester's uh, going to be spending some more time with Lego Batman 2. He's a big fan of that game and, and making some more art, which is pretty cool. So uh, be sure to check out his art. He uh, posts about that in our, our Discord channel as well. He's a pretty good artist. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, Ryan is loving Three House. Um, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get a chance and maybe do a game chat at some point and and Greg can uh, talk all about uh, his experience with three houses um, and let's see anybody else uh, talking about what they're gonna be playing I, th- I don't think I missed anything yet so um, but uh, yeah Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in to another episode of Nintendo Fuse Podcast. Thanks for bearing with us as we're trying some new technology out. Uh, unfortunately, YouTube taking down Google Hangouts on air, and so it makes it a little more difficult uh, for us to do this live. But we wanted to make sure that we have an, op- an opportunity to, to interact with you guys um, because that's, that's one of the things that, from the very beginning of this podcast, we want to make this uh, interactive. And, um, and so... We've come on, try to do this through Skype and uh, through a, a little streaming um, at app and everything to make this work. Um, so hopefully uh, we get better at it over time. And uh, we maybe maybe YouTube eventually will uh, bring back some version of uh, Hangouts to make it easier. But for now, we'll keep this up. And, um, and we thank you guys for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to us on YouTube, be sure to do that. And if you've not hit that little bell to be alerted every time we post a video, be sure to do that as well and share it with other Nintendo fans out there. If you're listening after the fact um, on your podcast apps, uh, be sure to subscribe there. And if you like what you hear, leave us a positive comment and uh, and hit that like button here on, on YouTube as well. And be sure to throw down all of your thoughts about all the stuff we've talked about in the comments um, on whatever you're watching or listening to this later. We'd love to be able to, to see what your thoughts are um, in addition to connecting with you and, and chatting about all this stuff on our social media and our Discord. So all those links are going to be in the show notes and the, and the details down here uh, below on YouTube and uh, we'd love to c- keep connecting with you. Um, so again, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Greg and Barry, it's always great to talk video games with you guys. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Def- thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. And uh, right, next guys. episode is going to be on August 19th. So a couple weeks from now, we'll be back. Uh, but until then, be sure to tune in to NintendoFuse.com and all of our social media. We'll see you next time. Peace. See you later.